The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yo, what up, y'all? Welcome to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds. I'm your host, Sean Chris, riding shotgun as always. Joel Thomas, you know how we do it every damn week. That's how we do it, man. And today we got uh, uh, Eric from the Uncomfortable Podcast. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. How are you, man? Good to see you both. Joel, Chris, thanks for having Good me on. Man. What's up? Oh, always, man. And you got a, you got some great stories, man. I mean, we were we were we were on the edge of our seat uh, listening to your last uh, um, you episode with Tony. That, that was man. a good one, man. That was fun. that was a wild night, dude. I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> man. I was just like, <laughs> I was just picturing like how like if that was me, I was like, I don't know, I might have left along like when you were midstream talking the story. I was like, I might have been gone. <laughs> That's that dangerous Eric shit, man. Like, yeah. Eric loves <laughs> to get next to danger. And for the listeners, if you don't know, uh, we, we've known Eric for a while. Uh, we've all worked with Eric. Uh, I've been on several of Eric's uh, uh, great shows. Podcasts great shows. Well. Go listen to him. Um, Eric, great shows. We got another one coming yeah. up. It's going to be fire. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, I've worked with Eric. Eric and Sean have worked with me when I did a uh, album release. They were on there for that, where we talked about conspiracies and a bunch of stuff while we were releasing the album. Um, so I've been in contact with Eric for a long time. Uh, met him up in physically for the first time up at Saltport Lake Bigfoot Convention. So I met Eric and his son up there. We had ball. a good time for a couple of days. Oh my God, it was great. So. You know, Eric's kind of like part of the family that, you know, we're all part of. It sure feels like that, man. I got I got to be honest with you. It really does feel like you kind of guys, you just kind of took me into the fold and uh, it's it's been great. I can't uh, can't thank you guys enough. And uh, it's, I mean, you know, when you start doing this stuff, you find out. <laughs> so, like, you know, I my my show's been growing. And I'll get messages, you know, like I'm on a dating profile. All right. Cause I'm single. And in there, I say, basically, you know, I have all dangerous have all women only. <laughs> if you're listening right now. You're, you got to be juggling knives or you got to be able to like use a flamethrower. Absolutely. Prerequisites. <laughs> um, but you know, so in my in my profile, you know, just to cut through all the bullshit, it's like, you know, I have all my own teeth. I have my own car. I own a house. I have a podcast. I have a dog. And if you can walk into another room of your house without having to check in on Facebook, maybe you should maybe you should message me. 
You know, it's just that. And I, and I found, <laughs> and I found that, you know, like several women have, have messaged me and inside of like maybe the first five back and forths, as far as texts go, it's like, Oh, do you make money on your podcast? Bye. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I'm definitely I'm all about surrounding myself with good people who have good intentions, good heart and, and are looking Absolutely. to help other people do their thing, whatever it is, you know, in a, in a real positive and supportive manner. And, you know, that's what I get with you guys. And, you know, Tony at the confessionals, man, he's been great. He really helped, helped me out, you know, tremendously with having me on his show. And, uh, I messaged him back and I said, Hey, I want to thank you. It's don't think that it's not appreciated and understand that I am going to pay this forward in my own way with other podcasters and, you know, Joel, Chris, like the, like the guys from, um, cryptids of the corn, you know, we're going to do another episode. I want to get them out in front of my audience more. So, you know, we just, you take, you take good, good, news, good people and, and yeah. you do good things with them. So sorry, that was my soapbox. Yeah. And I'll agree with the whole date. The whole uh, uh, dating thing too, because I have that. I'm I'm on that shit too. And uh, I had some chick just recently tell me because she's like, "Oh, you have a podcast," and it was cool. She was in, into all the conspiracy stuff. She was like, "I was like, well, what you mean about conspiracy?" She's like, "You know, the COVID lizard people." I was like, "Man, you said lizard people, so you had me right there." But then she's trying to tell me like how to run my YouTube and shit. And then she's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I could. You just have to do this and that." I'm like, "Oh, you have a YouTube? Yeah, I have a YouTube." She does couponing. Hell, <laughs> the fucking shit. That's a whole different thing, man. They gonna nuke you for couponing, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i'm just sitting oh, here God. Hey, you gotta be a witch that? juggle yeah. knives or whatever <laughs> to mess with eric ladies hey and don't let him or, fool you he's his podcast is blowing up so i we know y'all are pining after him but you gotta be you gotta be like doing something extra special like or a mean bigfoot call you gotta have a mean bigfoot call there you, know you know go <laughs> you gotta be able to do something extra That's special right. Speaking of Bigfoot, I, uh, you know, we were, I heard you on Tony and then we're going to actually go with 10 too. Uh, you got something coming up. The yeah, Bigfoot man, and Brew is coming up. I'm super excited about it. And Joel, let me know you guys were going to be attending. So that it's just making it even better, man. Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, Bigfoot and Brews, September 10th. That's in the down in the uh, Southwest portion of um, the state of Michigan. It's in a town called Dwajak. And it's it's a little burg that's just kind of outside the edge of of Dwajak. It's actually called Sisters Lakes, and it's a it's like a six mile radius that has I believe eleven eleven different small inland lakes within that six mile radius. And the place got popularized back in the nineteen thirties when the the train went in from from Illinois to this portion of Michigan. And it became a, a, a tourist place. You know, a lot of people were coming here on summer vacations and stuff like that. And back in 1964, there was a flap of sightings at Dewey Lake, which is one of the sister lakes. It's just minutes away from the brewery that we're holding Bigfoot and Brews. And there was a, a summer full of sightings of what, you know, if you, if you go and you read the reports that were in the paper, a tall seven to eight foot, sometimes said nine foot, hair covered, ape like being. So, you know, I mean, and we're talking 1964. So the Patterson Gimlin film 
which everybody knows and the iconic uh, Patty walking there through the uh, um, through the uh, sandbar. Um, that was 1967. So, you know, this is three years prior to that and the same the same description. So there's a whole summer of sightings. And then if you move eastward across the state, almost directly across the state, um, a, a few a few months later, you had the Monroe monster sightings in Monroe, Michigan, which is on the on the other side of the state. So um, when you take that and you you put into you put into the group of, of evidence that I've come across with my my episode two and three, which was a guy who had a Bigfoot sighting in Cass County, Michigan, the same county that this uh, our, our event's going to be at the swamp system that he had the Bigfoot walk out in front of him is directly connected with the swamp system that leads all the way over to the Sister Lakes region. So, I mean, a lot of things start going, you know, two and two and two is six. So, uh, but yeah, September 10th, mm-hmm. bigfootandbrews.com is where you can get all the information. Tickets are available. They're going fast. There's limited occupancy. So if you're, if you're wanting to go, Get your tickets now. Um, just got a message from Ron Moorhead, who's our lead speaker. Got his flights booked. We're all yeah. set with that. He is uh, he's planning on bringing the Sierra sounds, which he's he's famous for having recorded back in the early 70s. But then at the end of his, uh, he made a little video for me to put out in a promotion for it. He's like, I'm, you know, we're going to talk about the Sierra sounds, come out and enjoy us. And I'm going to have a little something extra. So. I was like, well, um, I'm used mm. to seeing Ron Moorhead talk about these Sierra sounds. And Moorhead's and, fire, uh, too. So I got an, yeah, he's fire, too. Yeah, he's I got a feeling stuff. I know what he's going to get into as far as what the extras are. And and I'm pretty sure it's going to be related to his book, The Quantum Bigfoot, which will tie into our conversation a little bit later oh. on. Man, you know that's my shit, Eric. You know I always talk about quantum Bigfoot. That's my shit. I got yeah. the book. Like that's that's yeah. my shit, man. Like that, like you, you know. And I always talk about you know going on that uh, dog man hunt, and there being so much that played into that theory. I I remember telling the rest of the team like, man, it just a lot of what happened felt like that quantum bigfoot thing that that he you know really like coined which makes a lot of sense because people talk about bigfoot coming in and out of portals and being able to move almost like they slip in and out of you know dimensional you know so uh yeah man i'm I'm jack i think it's gonna be just a blast if anybody can get out there and see us Tony I Burke, know. I couldn't believe there. he said he might be able to make it out. out there. I heard there's rumors <laughs> of that. that... <laughs> yeah, you know, it... but no. And plus, it's a beautiful, t- a beautiful place to be at, Michigan. Uh, and you want to yeah. go now in September yeah. before and, and, the winter it's comes. It's a perfect time because <laughs> the um, the summer lake rentals and stuff they they end, you know, typically the weekend before. So we're we're doing a great thing by extending their uh, extending their busy season you know, bringing some extra, you know, because this is a relatively small town and they were, they were beat up pretty roughly by, by the whole COVID shutdown. Um, so that's a big thing. You know, we're encouraging people to get in the seats, uh, by 10 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, they're, they're going to have the full, uh, the full menu of their food available throughout the day. There's going to be, you know, they're a brewery. So you're going to have your, 
your pick of all the different beers. They're actually the only place that you can pick up the Dewey Lake Monster IPA. It's not sold in stores or anything. It's it's mm. made right there at the brewery. So that's going to be available. We're going to have vendors. Wow, yeah. so they brew that there. <laughs> yes, they do. Oh, wow. So we're going to have vendors all day. Oh, that's, um, that's pretty. You that's know, there's going to be Bigfoot candles, Bigfoot artwork, uh, just, you know, anything you can anything you can imagine. So, um, and it's family friendly. So, you know, I mean, we're not going to have a bunch of people up there that's, you know, cursing and and carrying on crazy um mm-hmm. encourage people to take advantage of the alcohol on on site but again it's going to be family friendly so if anybody gets out of line we'll be talking to them so <laughs> you know uh it, it, we just want to we just want to have a, a a great afternoon don't right it's, it's going to be a full day you know i mean <laughs> we've got ron moorhead speaking we've got right. val zalvala who is uh um, he's the head of the Michigan Bigfoot and Data Facebook group. He owns one of the largest databases, uh, probably in the country, but definitely in Michigan about Bigfoot reports going back all the way back to the 1700s. Um, we've got James Lady, who is a researcher from the Detroit area, who also specializes in audio recordings that he gets out in the metro parks of Detroit, of all places. Uh, pretty wild stuff, dude. I'm telling you, because... When you hear his stuff compared to compared to the things that Ron Moorhead had recorded, the Sierra sounds, you're going to understand why when we get a little further into this conversation that that there is a thread that runs between all this high strangeness that that we talk about on these shows and mm. uh, it, it's it's intertwining. So um, and then, you know, most importantly, I guess for me, um, uh, maybe not most importantly, but most impactful is uh, the anonymous guy from my episode two and three. He went by the name John. He's actually going to be there and he's going to talk about his experience for the first time in public anywhere. So, yeah, mm. so it's it's. Plus a bunch of like-minded people that are uh, interested. You know what I mean? It seems like a good time to be around people that also like to discuss the things we like to discuss instead of trying to discuss it with people that don't want to hear it. It's (laughs) like, you know, when I started doing my show, Uncomfortable, it was like I wanted to create a safe space for people to come talk about their stuff without being judged, without having eye rolls and stuff like that. And, you know, this is going to carry on into, into you know, this this kind of an event because... If you've had an experience, if you're super interested in this stuff, but you're afraid to talk about it around your friends, come out to Bigfoot and Bruce. You couldn't ask for a more intimate setting. You know, there's going to be at most 200 people. You're going to have beer on premises. You're going to have great food on premises. You're going to be sitting right in front of Ron Moorhead. The vendors, the the paid attendees, nobody is going to miss out on anything because everybody will be in the same area that the the speaker is. So everybody's going to be able to enjoy yeah. it. And listen, Eric's show uncomfortable is a very, very safe place because he let me talk about Baphomet transformers for two hours <laughs> on his podcast. Great so I'm telling you right man. now, it's a safe place. And he's like, yeah, it was, <laughs> but yeah, it, we, I'm telling you though, he, he's got a dope podcast and really he does everybody. It's like everybody's just coming in, sitting on the couch, having a good time. It's kind of like what we try to do here. Rashawn and I do. Just come in, say say what you gotta say. Uh, but yeah, I, I I feel like that Bigfoot and Bru- Bigfoot and Bruise is gonna be similar to that, where it's gonna be like Sean said, a bunch of like minded people. We're gonna have some great conversation. 
I'm sure it's going to go into the wee hours of the night, especially with Cryptids of the Corn. <laughs> they, they're like already planning uh, an after party <laughs> at the cabin, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then just to have, like, not just discussions, but also, you know, there might be some up-and-coming podcasters or uh, influencers or YouTube guys yeah. that come out, network, meet other people, uh, and see what you can do. You know, you might get some interviews out of it or might be able Absolutely. to set up some things with people, and I think that's always a good place to kind of congregate because like i said you can't just go to the tigers game and be like hey you know i mean you can but it's not always well, you know the thing that, that the, well. the thing that kind of has struck me from the beginning of starting this podcast is you know i'm very close to michigan but when i put my show out i was not trying to target michigan as my dominant audience yeah. in any way and I, even if you were trying to i don't know that you really could um unless you started advertising it that way but for some reason, Michigan has become the largest listening state that I have in the U.S. I've been heard in all the different states of the U.S. In Canada, I've been heard in, um, I think, I think now it's at 62 different countries. But with the Michigan thing, you know, so many of my stories have come from Michigan. So many of my guests have come from Michigan, and I've been floored by the response from my guests who have been on the show who are going to be at Bigfoot and Brews. I'm almost getting to the point where I'm going to send out a mass email to all these people and say, would you mind if I made some lanyards with your, your name and the episode that you appeared on so other people can come talk to you about the episode that you were on? So I don't know if that would be disruptive for the, the speakers, so I'm, I'm kind of kicking that around, but the number of people that are, have been on my show that are going to be there is is pretty astounding, and, and I think that goes to, towards just like what we were saying at the beginning about surrounding yourself with good people and treating people right, and they want to come back for more, so... What's interesting to me, because I'm from California originally, and I've been on in Michigan for about five, six years, is I never realized how many, uh, many experiences yeah. people had a Bigfoot. You know, I, I, I heard, heard about Bigfoot a lot in Canada, and I heard a lot about in Northern California, where I was from. I mean, I was from Southern California, but Northern right. California, you heard a lot of sightings and stuff like that up there. But when I moved out here, I did hear like a lot more stuff, especially like now that I know how the area, you know, when you, you move to a state at first, you think, oh, everything's Detroit or everything. Right. You know what I mean? You think of the big cities. And then when you just kind of start going through Michigan uh, in the whole Midwest, to, uh, as a matter of fact, but you just see all this open space and it starts opening your mind to be like, oh, yeah, there could be yeah. anything out here because <laughs> there's well, so you know, much think, free range. Uh, if I remember right, it's either 53 or 57 percent. Don't hold me to it, but it, it is over 50 percent of the state of Michigan is undeveloped land. It's wooded, you know, so anybody that says, oh, there's no way anything like that could hide in these woods. Dude, I'm telling you, if you wanted to go off the grid in Michigan and you were smart, nobody would ever know you were, nobody would ever know you were there. You could live a mile away from housing developments. If you played it right, nobody would ever know. So that, that argument doesn't hold any water with me. Now, what do you think that's what makes it such a an attraction for Bigfoot? That's what I thought, too. Like, there's not only open land, but there's so much cover. Because, like you said, there's so much tree and greenery and uh, plant life that you can pretty much hide out. And not even just that, but caves, right. waterfalls, you know, a good uh, a food supply with fish. So, it does seem like a prime state for a Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Because it is cold, 
But certain parts, if you go lower, you know, it's not right. as cold as Canada where, you know, so it feels like they could easily migrate back. Well, and you know, the number of inland Canada. lakes in the state of Michigan is insane. I don't know what the number is, but mm. it, it's crazy how many lakes there are. Yeah. It's crazy how many rivers there are that run to lakes in the state that come from the Great Lakes. And I, I believe, I believe that no matter at whatever point you are in Michigan, you are never more than four miles or four hours away from one of the Great Lakes. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's ample food sources. We have huge amounts of deer in this, in this state, um, plenty of water. And, you know, there's even nowadays, uh, you know, in the past, say, 10 or 12 years, there's been a, a pretty massive push on, on researchers that are, are saying that they think that uh, Sasquatch and Bigfoot use waterways, like the edges of rivers, the undercuts underneath a river that are, that are hollowed out because of the, the, the moving water, to use those as a, as a method of travel, to remain undetected, Moving at night mm. along a running river. If you ever sat next to a running river, makes a lot of noise. So it's yep. going to cover the sound of them moving. You know, I mean, this is all theoretical, but, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, but it's very logical, though, too. Like you said, like easily when you hear a river running, especially a nice sized river, you're right. Like it's, you can't really hear yeah. anything else. All you hear is the river. You know what I mean? And there's so many different sounds you hear anyways. You don't know if it's a, a deer or a raccoon. Like, you know, like if just to hear certain things moving in the forest. And and from what me and Joel talked, like he was talking about interdimensional, I mean, in portals. Like we, we would talk a little bit about like the whole hollow earth. And I mean, going under the rivers, like who knows if it's a portal or is there tunnels? You know what I mean? So if you get deeper into that. But I do think that if you just look at it on the surface level, it, it has the everything yeah, that they absolutely. would need you know what i mean like ample food supply uh, uh easy cover uh huge trees uh plenty of land that yeah. nobody occupies so it's not hard you know, to believe and, that they would be here well you got to think too uh you know when people talk about you know migration uh you know travel um people generally talk about ohio and michigan you know they're you know side by side and it's it's when they migrate they do migrate between those states and there's a reason for that it, it is it's you can it's undercover there's a lot even mm-hmm. ohio there's why there's so many yeah. sightings in ohio there's so many just dense you know forest areas um for them to move through and if you're talking about a you know a creature that has bit you know, over the years and, you know, hundreds of years ha- has learned, you know, obviously how to stay hidden. Um, you know, it just seems pretty natural that they would, A, want to be close to food or around food, or, and secondly, you know, they'd need to be able to move undercover. And I think between Michigan and Ohio, uh, it's very easy for them to do that. Um, I think really when, I think honestly, when they're seen, it's one of two things. Either it's by accident, which is rare, but I think sometimes they do it to, to be seen. Um, that, there's that too. Uh, there's always a theory going around, and it might have been Moorhead that actually brought up this theory, but said that uh, I believe the males at a certain age, when they get to like it's a yeah. like a teenage year, that part of their rite of passage into adulthood is to be seen by a human. And then they, you know, yeah. slip back into to hiding. Big, to, so to there, there's part of that, that too. There's a there's a lot of uh, uh, a big segment of the 
the research community that also feels that uh, as a part of what you just said with them being seen, that's like a, um, a rite of passage and, and they're, they're sent out on their own. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mm-hmm. theories among it, uh, to not pollute the, uh, or dilute the genetic, um, makeup of, of a, a group in that area. So they send, they basically ostracize a male, which goes out and goes find his own spot and, and, and meet up with other females and, you know, start their thing. So, you know, again, this mm. is all what's sort of like gorillas. Sort yeah. of like gorillas would yeah. in a sense. You know, yeah. And that's, their own you know, like so many of these sightings are, are usually a, a sighting of a male and so many of them are um, seen as just one individual. A lot of people will say, if you see one, there's two more that you don't see, but there's also the possibility that when these, these, um, adolescent or, or, uh, teenage, let's say teenagers are, are booted out of the family group, uh, they, sometimes they become rogue and they're just trying to go find their own, find their own way, you know? And if, if having to scare people out of an area is going to ensure him that he's got domain in that, in that place that he's picked, you know, that's a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because they don't want to be inhabited. Cause it seems like that, that they're smart enough um, from what I've seen that to realize that they can be, they don't want to be seen, right? Like, it seems like you said, like, it seems very evident that every case that I've heard, and I mean, I haven't heard every single one, I've heard quite a few that it seems like almost intentional. And there's a couple accidental, but more to the side of like, Hey, Whoa, it was looking at me or, Oh, it was coming towards me. You know what I mean? Like where they initiated it. Not that like, and every now and then you'll see one where someone stumbles, like they just get super lucky. You know what I mean? People hit the lotto sometimes too. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I think that, or what about those people that got hit with lightning in Washington, DC, you know, like that, that stuff that can happen. But I think Bigfoot's such an interesting topic. Like for me, it's something that I got into at a young age, like watching like, you know, uh, the old Fox shows and like, you know, in the nineties where they're like, Oh man, you see the footage and you're like, man, that's, and then people have so many stories about it. And then, you know, then there's the embellished stories of where people have sure. used Bigfoot uh, to get away <laughs> with murders and very <laughs> things recently. like that. So I think that's how, yeah, very recently. And I think that's how like some of the things that people go, Oh, they, cause it sucks because you can have like, a hundred great points or a hundred pieces of evidence. And then they see one little thing in any subject and they go, Oh yeah, see it's bullshit. And you're like, well, that, that one is, you know what I mean? Like, no, I agree a hundred percent. You know, that's, that's one of the things that when you start getting into these kinds of subjects and you start looking into it for yourself and, you know, part of that is going to YouTube and looking at different documentaries and looking at different videos that people post of supposed encounters with these things. And I don't know if I'm different or if more people are like me than I think, but there is something when, when I'm watching a video, you know, and, and I think I I mentioned this, you know, prior to us going on, uh, starting the recording, I've spent a lot of time with video over the years. I've spent a lot of time with editing software and even with special effects on a very low end of it. Um, so when I see, a video that strikes me as whatever that is being organic and moving the way something that was alive should move 
um, not a costume. Some, you know, there's something organic when you look. When I look at the Patterson Gimlin film, even when I saw it for the first time in 1977, I had seen still photos of it in books prior to that. But on In Search of in 1977 with Leonard Nimoy. That was the first time I got to see the whole, whatever it is, 56 seconds of it. And when I saw that, even at that age, there was nothing about it that did not look organic. I I was a huge, mm-hmm. huge fan of Planet of the Apes. The original movies, you know, back from the, the late 60s into the 70s. And they, even the TV show that was, was on in the mid-70s. When I watch Patty, I do not see a person in a suit. That is an organic, flowing, physical creature. And, you know, I'll I'll die on that hill. I'll, I'll fall on sword on that one. Uh, well, Patty's clearly yeah. female, too. And I think that was one of the things that, to me, when I look at it, um, now, you know, my crazy conspiracy mind, I got a million things it could be, too. So outside of, outside of it just be a Bigfoot. But do I think that it's organic? Yeah, I think there's an organic yeah. piece to it for sure. Like it looks female. And that, what a to weird... me, the the way that it moved, yeah, it's just it 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 had a real feel to it. Now, the part of the conspiracy part of me is, you know, was it was it something they were testing? Was it something that they put in the area? Did they want us to see it? I'm not going down all those rabbit holes today, but no, but that's kind of what I wanted to get into too. Like, what is your thoughts of what Bigfoot is, right? Like we, we, we kind of go, I think I lean a little bit more like Joe. I think like, uh, half and half, like I, I do kind of think it's some kind of interdimensional or a hollow earth creature, or it's a breeding of like a government, um, you know, like government made like, Hey, let's breed an ape with a bear or like, you know what I mean? Like something like that. What do, what do you, where's okay, your well, angle? On you know, I, I can appreciate the whole, you know, the government has decided to make a, a hybrid out of this, that, and the other. Um, but in, in response to that, I'm going to say that reports of Bigfoot have been handed down from in oral tradition from the native Americans for hundreds of years. So back at that oh, point, yeah. we did not have the technology to to do something like that. So I'm going to I'm going to veer off of of agreeing with, you know, a government uh a government intervention to create these things. Now, I think these things have been around for a long long time. They they probably predate the Native Americans. They have been referred to as their the brothers that live in the woods, the people that live in the woods. You know, there's reports that back in, in those days that they actually commenced trading between the Sasquatch and the Native Americans. There's one one story, um, I, I don't mm. remember, you know, where where it stemmed from, but the long and the short of it is um chicken pox chicken pox was running rampant and the the tribe their their young all had it. And the chief was presented with one of the um, one of the Sasquatch from from the woods that they had been trading with, and they basically brought their their young, their children, their juveniles out seeking help because they had the pox as well, and and the chief mm. <coughs> the chief had his 
had the women go in and get the kids and bring them out to show them that it's like ours have it too. And we don't know, we don't know what to do. So I think these things have been around for a long, long time. Um, you know, there's, there's a big segment of the community that likes to lurch into the, uh, the fact that these things are remnants of, uh, the Nephilim back from the pre-flood, pre-flood mm, Bible there days. There we go. See, that's where, um, where I'm at. You know, there's, there's a lot of, <sighs> I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I would need to have a little bit better clarification biblically to, to say that that was. You know, it was. A- here's here's what I think. Here's what I think. So I'm I'm very much a combination guy because I I I'm never gonna put my like all my like you know eggs in one basket with anything because that you can't in this world, not in the conspiracy world, not in right. you know a truth world or anything like that. Even when it comes to cryptids, you just can't do that. So for me, I'm very open to multiple things. So definitely interdimensional because there's so many sightings of them coming out of portals with orbs around them and all that. So I think there's a a portion of that that could be true. As far as the government stuff goes, um, I think more here, this is kind of a crazy one, but I've, I've heard some guys talk about too, is the meat sack idea. And I think I've talked to you about this, Eric, but the meat sack idea of them creating these meat sacks for entities to control. So that being something separate, but when we're talking about an actual flesh and blood, I lend towards the Nephilim idea, and I'm not necessarily saying a like from the Nephilim tree so much as maybe the uh, the fallen angels interacting with animals, which was said in the book Enoch. So I think that that part um, I can I can get down with that too. And there's a part of me, Eric, that could just be yeah Bigfoot. You know what I mean? It could just be a a a animal or a, a, a version of that that's been around for a long time that's hiding and it could be all four or five different sure. things because there's so it, it, yeah i feel like when it comes to the government i think the government's going to try to dilute anything that's real anyway so i think them getting involved and in doing whatever i have to always throw that in the mix with anything that we talk about but i do think though that there is credence to all of the ideas i think that you it could actually be all of them too you know because people people see things Sometimes, uh, you know, I I listened to somebody recently. I was talking about it that you know, uh, hell, it was uh, it was Justin from Cryptos of the Corn where he said, you know, a lot of times people see things that is, you know, a bear. They have never mm-hmm. seen a bear up and close in person. When they're driving by real fast, and he's like, they've seen like a hundred or big sick documentaries. Or they're sick <laughs> and and losing hair or in yeah, certain places, yeah. you know, different diseases. And we don't know how animals breed, you know, like random animals breeding with other animals. Like the whole chupacabra thing, you know, like a lot of people believed uh, that. I mean, some of the accounts can't be a trace for, but some of the videos where they were showing, they were saying they were probably a crossbreed of like a, a, a coyote with some kind of dog or a wolf and that had got sick and lost its hair so it looked that way so for sure i can totally yeah i could totally see something like that and it's hard because humans tend to uh not lie but exaggerate not intentionally all the time you know because especially in a split second when if something jumped into my you know the, the the my uh uh my sight like but i couldn't see it totally and i get 10 seconds and i'm trying to uh describe it to somebody i i'm i could definitely get it wrong but also there being so many sightings that's why i'm with i've been all around it like since i was young as well like where i'm like well what is it in my original was that it was just some kind of animal that no one's ever seen right or like a um 
the, the missing link kind of theory ish. You know what I mean? Where they're saying like, hey, the evolution. That's where I used to start off as young, but now the more I see it, like in that how it appears, and that there's so many different kinds of Bigfoot now. You know what I mean? Like when the more you get into it, like the you know the the red hair, the black hair, the uh, uh, the more grayish you know looking ones. I think that that's something that has to be not like. So they're in different sections and then they're in, those ones are in different regions. So that makes me think more of like, not necessarily the Nephilim, but like whatever's in hollow earth. You know what I mean? Like, cause I think there is definitely creatures that well, we don't I know. I agree. About. And there's, there's a couple of things that I want to say here. Um, I want to go back to um, something that Joel was saying about the, the, the interdimensional and the portals and, and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't discount that, but but in my, in my rational thinking, so people have reported seeing these things as full-grown adults. They've been reported to see things that appeared to be what would be in the neighborhood of a teenager. There are people that have reported seeing um, young, young juveniles. So I, I think to myself, if these things, if, if portals as as what we we perceive a portal to be our 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 belief of what a portal is something opens up they cross through it and then now they're into our i have problems with that because why would you see the youth why would you see the small ones why would you see the teenagers you know it it seems like that would be a um it seems like that would be a a very to cross through a portal would be something that would be reserved for a mature um, specimen. So, I've got those answers yeah. coming for you, Eric. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this is that's that might have been like a segue to uh, our episode that we're going to record tomorrow. Um, so, um, <laughs> you know that that makes me think that you know, and I guess here here I'll go into some of the things that. You know, like over the course of doing this show, um, just over a year and a half, 90 some episodes. But I've been I've been into this stuff for years. You know, my my obsession with UFOs started when I was five. I'm 57 now. That's a long time, you know, and I've never wavered on it. I never I always in my heart, I believe that they were real. And, you know, 70 years later and now all of a sudden the government is. You know, like, yeah, okay, well, we don't know what they are. I don't know that I believe them when they say that, but at least they're admitting the existence of them. So with with all the things that I've I've had shows about and the conversations I've had with people and the different things that I've I've looked into at length throughout the course of my life, I start to you start to draw some parallels between Bigfoot experiences. UFO experiences, extraterrestrial experiences, poltergeist activity, hauntings, and stuff like that. So you're probably like, oh, yeah, where's he going with this? Okay, so, you know, a lot of this kind of started to, to formulate after I did a show here recently with uh, Archbishop Christina Rake of the old Catholic Church from Chicago. Uh, two and a half hours of some of the most mind-boggling conversation. She's just a wonderful woman. I recommend anybody go back and listen to that episode. She gives information of where she can be contacted. She is a wealth of information as far as 
dealing with the paranormal and, and God. And, and, you know, some of the things that I was taught as a, as a kid growing up in a Catholic house and school was that you don't mess with that stuff. Completely contradictory to everything that I had grown up understanding. Um, you know, because the Bible is basically written about ministering to the dead and to continue to do that and continue to have a relationship with as after they've passed. But during the course of all that, we started talking about some of the experiences you have when you're investigating a haunted house or, you know, poltergeist activity, charged electrical, charged air in an area. You're getting goosebumps. You're getting, you know, your, your, your hair standing up on end. You're hearing knocks, right? You hear knocks. A lot of times, if you watch any of these paranormal shows on TV, which they're all produced and, you know, they're looking for something that's going to sell and keep people coming back after the commercial. But a lot of these things tend to knock in threes. Well, if you pay attention to Bigfoot reports, all these people are talking about going out and, and hearing wood knocks, right? So to me, that's like... So, so you get knocks in the woods, you get knocks on the wall in a house and stuff like that. Well, her, her, her intelligence and her, her background, she's like, what if that knock, what if that knock is, is a, an artifact of them coming into our perception? And so I thought, I was like, holy crap. You know, so uh, we started talking some about it and, you know, you've got, you've got light, you got balls of light in the woods, right? A lot of people report seeing balls of light in association with having a Bigfoot experience. What do you get when you have paranormal encounters? People that are investigating haunted, haunted places, going into graveyards, you're seeing orbs of light flying around golf ball size, softball size, same, very similar things. You know, again, wh what is light? Light's energy, right? Energy is a manifestation of, 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 of some kind of an electrical current. So, you know, there's so many things that, you know, you talk about mind speak. Well, people who have had hauntings have heard voices in their head. You know, they hear voices whispered in their ear. Well, maybe it's not, maybe it's not being whispered into your ear. Maybe it's being placed in your head. Maybe it's similar to mind speak, what people are getting with the Bigfoot interaction. And, you know, it's just so many things throughout all of these different topics, kind of, there's this, this commonality, this continuity, this thread that runs through all these different things. And, uh, you know, you talk about extraterrestrials, everybody says, you know, they've had, um, missing time and, um, paralysis where they can't, they're awake, but they can't move. Well, there's people who talk about having that kind of paralysis in a haunting situation or a poltergeist manifestation. There's people who talk about being in the woods in the presence of one of these things and being unable to move. And it's so similar, you know, so just because the description of how somebody's saying it and the context of the story that they're telling I think, I think makes it, it easy not to draw an association between it. But when you boil it down and you start writing a list of things that happen with UFO encounters or extraterrestrial encounters or Bigfoot encounters or Mothman encounters, 
you get a lot of things that are very, very similar. And I find that hard to do, to just dismiss. Well, don't you think that that thread that you're talking about, to me, it seems to be that it could be all kind of the same thing. Um, maybe it's something that's manifesting itself in different ways. Is it um, manifesting or is or is there, you know, and I think this term is getting kind of overused, but I don't really know a better way to talk about it, is is the thinning of the veil. Are they mm. are they already there? Because when you look into what our right. our visual acuity is, we can only see in a spectrum that is very narrow to the full spectrum of light. Our our mm -hmm. ability to hear, our oral AURL abilities are only some a, a fraction of the the segment of frequencies. We can't hear dog whistles. We can't hear infrasound, but yet they're real and they work. Because if you use a dog whistle, you can see your dog react to it. You know, infrasound is, yeah. a, is a naturally occurring thing. It's been weaponized. You just look into, look up uh, the Havana syndrome with the people that from the consulate that were, you know, there were masses amount of people uh, that were all experiencing the same types of things. Now, what I'm getting at is with the use of frequency, you know, people talk about Bigfoot cloaking, right? People talk about, oh, Bigfoot walked through a portal and it was there and it turned around and it took one step and it was gone. What if they're able to manipulate frequency? If you take frequency mm. and you change the frequency around something that has the ability to see, when you mm -hmm. get to a certain point of altering the frequency, especially when you get down into the lower ranges, sub, um, sub in, infrasonic, if you're close enough to it, your eyes will vibrate it will change what your perception of what you're looking at is. It gets blurry. It gets, it gets unclear. So, you know, if, if infrasound is in our natural environment now, lions use it, elephants use it. There was, there was a thing, our, our friend Justin from the cryptids of the corn, there was a, um, a tribe in, I, I think, in Africa somewhere, and there were a mass amount of suicides. There had been elephants had been gone for a long time. And then the elephants came back and they were basically surrounding the village and the amount of infrasound that was created because of the communication between the elephants was disrupting the brain waves and the, and the, the way the people were living, that people were so distressed by yeah. it. There was a large number of suicides. So, you know, we're, we know that infrasound can affect how we behave, how we act, how we feel. So if they're able to manipulate frequency, who's to say that they're not already always there? They're just, they're just, we can't see them at the time. And due to something that they're able to manipulate, they come they come into our presence, but really all that's happening is our, our vision is, has been tuned 
to acutely be able to see them, you know? And it's almost like a defense mechanism, right? Like, you know, there's plenty of bugs mm. that turn look like leaves or uh, the chameleon that changes colors and, and different right. animals in different areas that develop things to hide from predators and we can be considered a predator at times. And, you know, uh, also I think that that does make a lot of sense to me because with technology over time and, and industrializing the world, I think that disconnected us to the earth or to whatever, you know, like everything around us and nature and everything. So that would change our frequency, you know, like we're hearing uh, jackhammers and, and factories, you know, and, and now that changes our little mindset of, well, we can. That's why maybe there is more um, uh, dis descriptions, very detailed descriptions of natives talking about Bigfoots because they were more in tune to what was going on around them. And unlike their us. frequency vibrated at a higher level. Now, this sounds nuts, but yeah, you know, definitely it's been it's been shown that the vibrational frequency of a human being can be distorted and changed because of what you put into your body. Okay, so whether that's prescription drugs or the types of foods that you're eating, if they're processed foods, if there's things that you're, if you're not eating natural. Fluoride. What's that? Fluoride. <laughs> What'd you say, Joel? Fluoride. Fluoride. You know, so Fluoride. You know, if, you're, if your pineal gland's getting all calcified and everything, you know, you're, you're not vibrating at the frequency that, you know, our creator intended for you to. So if you go back to the Native Americans, they were not putting mm -hmm. that kind of stuff into their body. They were eating natural. They were eating off the land. They were eating what yeah. the creator provided for them. So it would make sense that maybe they were more attuned. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Real quick. So it just made me think about the vibrations. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. It's, uh, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. It's called uh, Invincible. It's a superhero. It's, it's animated, but it's it's for adults. But uh, one of the last episodes, uh, one of the guys, he runs like, I guess, quote unquote, CIA in the show and takes uh, one of the characters into a room and it's just like a blank room, right? <laughs> and he's like, hey, hold on a second. Let me do this. So he like flips a switch and he's able to see that there's like all these people in the room. There's this whole like laboratory and all this stuff. He's like, what, what happened here? He's like, oh, we've just been putting stuff in your water supply <laughs> for years. So most people can't see this stuff unless we turn on a certain frequency. So just made me think of that, that like that's like the media, though, constantly like right. telling you what they're doing. But I'm, I'm really like, fascinated with this idea, Eric, of like them being at a different frequency than what the the average mind and and Sean, you say it perfectly too, like about Native Americans being more in tune with that yeah. frequency, and and maybe that's y'all uh, <laughs> blowing my mind right now because that that to me is like a really awesome theory that makes a lot of sense to me too. But that can play in everything else because see now I'm thinking if they're able to manipulate frequency like that, that could even play into the Nephilim theory of them being some sort of hybrid, but, and they were always considered supermen with superpowers. Maybe that's just something that they've been able to pass down Quite through possibly. the generations through Quite that possibly. as well. Oh man. So, you know, mine's blown no, up I right now. Yeah. I think that's like 
perfect because like I really subscribe to the frequency healing. I listen mm, to a exactly. lot of frequencies yeah. uh, at night uh, to for my body. So and that does help. And our body is like seventy percent water. And if you've seen what frequencies do to water, I mean, it just makes so much sense to me. And I'm sure that uh, any creature would be because the Earth is mainly water. Your most creatures on Earth are mainly water, have a large percentage of water in them. So that that's a fascinating like that I've never really heard of. Like mm. I. I, I I really like that because it's logical. It makes sense in what is already in nature. It's not like something that like, you know, I think trying to approach things logically is great too, especially when you're trying to bring other people in and trying to share the knowledge with people. Cause if, when we do say some things that we say, it turns people off because they're, they don't understand that. But when you can relate it into a place of where you're like, Hey man, this already happens with other creatures that, you know, you know, an right. elephant, you know, a lion, you know, all these things already. So you're more susceptible yeah. to listening. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, that goes to truth. What we talk about all the time, uh, Sean, yep. when we're trying to tell people about deep state, if somebody's not, you know, going to want to go down to the lizard people or rat, rabbit hole yeah. or anything like that. The best way to convey the message is to break it down in terms they understand like money and power. So everybody understands those two concepts, right? So if you can break it down into a way that people can understand how people work just on a day-to-day -day basis and how, you know, awful people can be even in your own workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Just to get money and power, you can convey that message to them, just make it on a grander scale to where they can kind of start putting it together. And maybe as they baby step along the way they can understand more and more but i think that works in any facet and i'm really fascinated with this this idea right now the frequencies because i've never heard of this and this is like well there's this is great now now my mind's swirling in a way where now i can i'm even looking at things way differently there's now there's two things that um that i draw on when i when i start talking about that and that kind of reinforce the idea that i think this might be something that is is tangible um, I, I don't remember what the name of the documentary was, but it was it was about um, uh, weird monolithic uh, uh, structures throughout the world. And um, there were a couple of gentlemen who were in the mu music industry, of all things, um, and they went to Stonehenge. And with them, they took a uh, a large, uh, a large amount of speakers with them and they took um an audio uh, an audio source that had different frequencies that they played while in the midst in the center of Stonehenge and as mm. they were doing their experiments they were recording what the sound was doing as it was bouncing off of the the, the megalithic uh stones and they went through you know a large a long number of uh, of, of different frequencies when they started getting down to the, the infrasonic frequency, one of the guys was not able to continue the experiment because he was getting physically ill. His vision was going out. He was having all kinds of things. So, um, you know, you go back to the infrasound stuff, the Havana syndrome and what people, hmm. you know, that are around these uh, different cryptids experience when, when infrasound could possibly be, um, be going on. Wow. The other thing is with frequency, I, I've had a conversation with a woman. She's a lovely lady. She's very normal. Um, and, and I'm trying desperately to, to get her on my show. I think I'm halfway there, uh, 
you know, now she's giving me the, oh, I'm shy. And, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on her. But in a conversation with her and her husband, uh, she had walked away and her husband gave me a little bit of information about her experience. And, and basically, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to give too much away because I don't want her to think that I'm like stepping on her toes, but uh, a, a family member and herself out in the woods hunting um, started hearing, started hearing some, um, some let's say growls, um, low, low frequency mm-hmm. growling. They got very, um, they got very scared. They wanted to get out of the area. And this woman, when she turned to look back at the area that she was leaving, her words were that her environment changed. What she was seeing did not look the same as it did while she was there. Now, it wasn't some. It, it wasn't like a difference from going from woods to you know skyscrapers. It wasn't anything that dramatic, but there was something that was definitely visually different about the area that they were fleeing at the time. And to me, that that really plays into the whole. If if the frequency is being adjusted, if 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 they're able to manipulate frequency over a a, a vast amount of distance. It, it kind of makes sense. I, I, I say kind of, but I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, and if that's what people are experiencing when they say, oh, I saw a Bigfoot cloak. Again, I think they're misidentifying what's happening. I think they're I think the frequency yeah. is making wow. it so that they can't see what's there. So that's insane. Yeah, I really like that idea because it makes so much sense to me. And when I when I can put it on a level of just understanding that that that's perfect, man. That that's something that I've never really thought of. But it's like a defense mechanism, you know, like that all kinds of creatures have. Like we all have our way to continuously try to survive. It's either a and natural that's how they thing would. that happens naturally, or it's a developed trait. It's something that they developed in and have learned how to do. I mean, you know, so. So when you, I wonder if that's what the teenagers do, or if they're learning that rite of passage. Yeah, damn, that's a good one. That that takes them to that adulthood level when they can prove that they can use that vibration. (laughs) Oh, this is what I'm talking about right here. This is you know we hear we hear about these uh, missing person cases. You know, Dave Polites does the uh, missing 411 he's wrote a uh, a ton of books about it you know state by state and then he's done a couple of documentaries that are very good i recommend anybody going and watching those missing 411 and then the second movie the second documentary missing 411 the hunted um dave polites was involved with the hooper project which was a project about trying to research bigfoot out in california he was also part of the Melba Ketchum DNA study that went on that got poo-pooed and said that they didn't do things right and there's been a lot of hullabaloo about whether or not they did or they didn't. I'm not here to just jump on one side or the other. But the one thing that Dave Polites has been very careful not to do is he has been very careful to allow people to read between the lines as far as whether or not he thinks that 
um, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or some kind of paranormal uh, experience is 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 interfering with these people going missing. And you know, when you listen to his stories, when you read his books, when you you watch his YouTube channel and he talks about these stories, there's always such weird circumstances to these people coming up missing. But at the end of Missing 411, The Hunted, just when you think it's over, the screen goes black, and then he comes back, and there's this, there's this woman who was in her hunting stand, in her tree stand, who describes having witnessed a Bigfoot-type creature, only hmm. it was it was cloaked. It was, it did not look like it looked like its surroundings. And then after that story, then the move, the, the documentary uh, pans to Dave Polite sitting with Ron Moorhead in the Sierra campsite where he recorded the Bigfoot sounds back in the early seventies, him and Al Berry. So without coming out and saying that he feels that these things are possibly responsible for or the whatever the the whatever transpires that these people go missing what whatever they walk into whatever they they cross over to may also be responsible for what these things how these things are coming into our existence so if you walk into an area where something's being manipulated to allow this person, you know, maybe this person, these people are still walking right beside us, but now their frequency has changed because they, they passed through something and now we can't see them anymore. Maybe that's what spirits are. Maybe that's why we can't see them. Maybe it's because of, of a frequency, a vibrational change in, in, in what's left of who they were, hmm. you know, but you know, when you start reading Ron Moorhead's book, Quantum Bigfoot. Ron's done. He's done a lot of research into into the quantum levels of of what could be going on. I recommend. You know, it at, at times it's a pretty high level of reading uh, because he gets into some pretty scientific stuff. But I don't think anything that I've said it, it really anything I've said here tonight would not be. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anything you read in that book and then you take what I've just said, it's not going to be a surprise. You know, it, I may not have said it as eloquently or no, as scientifically as he has, but I think you're going to draw some correlations between what you've heard here tonight and what you'd read in that book. So, um, I, I just, you know, yeah, no, it's at a level that people can understand too. I, I liked it. I mean, to me, I never really thought about it in terms of vibrations and frequency because, you know, you kind of speak in my language right now when you're talking about frequency and Sean, you know what I mean? We do music, right, yeah. we understand frequencies, we understand how frequencies have been changed to manipulate people's minds. So like for me, I'm thinking about it in a sense of, man, wow, if you could manipulate the frequency around you, I mean, you could distort people's vision, hearing, um, everything. I mean, like you said, what if they're walking amongst us all the time? What if you're, what if we're just walking outside of the house 
And there might be three or four Bigfoot there that we don't know because with their frequency, they're able to just kind of turn it on, turn well, it off. You know, I mean, this is going to be a stretch, but Joel, you're a huge comic book fan. You like DC, you know, the flash, yeah. the flash can vibrate oh, yeah. his, his frequency. frequency so fast that he through can move stuff. through things. Mm-hmm. You know, what? Well, it kind of makes me think where they got the idea for Flash from now. Like, did, did somebody see a Bigfoot use the frequency and flip out? Like, well, we're making a comic book character out of this. Um, no, it makes sense, man. I mean, this is a way that really just makes sense that, you know, because we can get super far out there. And and I know myself, I, I, I tend to go to the furthest stretch immediately without going to the logical explanation. I'll reel back in and get to the logical <laughs> in time. But uh, but no, that makes a lot of sense. And, that, and Sean, you said that earlier. Like, it's a way that people can like really latch onto this idea of how Bigfoot can move in and out and, and stay hidden. And, and to me, that just makes a lot of sense. And then we're talking about Native Americans. I mean, think about Native Americans, though. They, they had so much contact with 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 Bigfoot and giants like we know about their contact with giants we know how they knew about giant tribes that they also bartered with also worked with so i find that fascinating that maybe there is some sort of correlation to them being at such you know a level of frequency with you know the earth and with you know things you know around them with nature that they're able to decipher what's going on around them a lot better than we can with our muddled. Well, you think about what the Native Americans have done in their past. They have sweat lodges. They go into these overheated mm. areas. Yes. They get their bodies cleansed. They 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 purify themselves. You know, they had there were multiple times shit, uh, multiple types of different purification stuff. rituals that they would go through. You know, and is that what they're doing? Is that is that part of them? You know, I, I don't know, but it it's got to be something like that. It's definitely well, Eric, man, it's been a blast, man. You you just kind of blew our mind, and, and I'm glad you came at it with another perspective because that's what we like to do here. We want to you know give everybody different thoughts of like where we could really think because that's the whole point of it. Like we're just talking, and that gives us ideas. And now you're saying stuff, and we're definitely gonna have <laughs> me and Joe are gonna have an interesting week of conversations about this, I'm sure. But before we get out of here, I really want you to uh, uh, let everybody know not only where your podcast is, and maybe you could give another shout out All for right, Bigfoot well, and Bruce. I tell you what, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure with you guys. Love you guys. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, giving me the opportunity, you know. And, and these types of shows, even if somebody listens to this and they only pull one thing out of it that makes sense to them, that helps That helps fill one space in that puzzle that they're trying to put together for themselves. You know, that's all we do. That's all I've been doing for, you know, over 40 years. I keep picking and pulling and you know things start making more sense as i as i get that puzzle closer to uh, you know helping describe to me what i think is going on now i may be completely wrong but you know that's that's how we that's how we do it so um yeah guys if you're interested in hearing some of my shows head over to uncomfortable podcast there's several shows named uncomfortable so the easiest way on any of the uh any of the podcast apps is to just search uncomfortable followed by the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That'll bring up the black and white logo. 
and and you'll be good to go from there. I'm on all the different ones, Apple, Spotify, Google, Overcast, Cast This, Cast That. I'm on I'm on all of them. <coughs> so, excuse me. Uh and then again, if you're interested in coming out and seeing what we're going to be doing for Bigfoot and Brews, head over to bigfootandbrews.com. That's Bigfoot and Brews.com. All the information is there. There's uh there's tickets are on sale now. They're going quick. It's limited capacity. So if you're interested in seeing Ron Moorhead and some of the other guys that have been on my show, that's the great thing about this is this is going to kind of be like an uncomfortable podcast best of because everybody that's going to be a speaker there has been a guest on my show. And the audience is going to be filled with a bunch of those guests who have been on my show, plus friends of mine from other podcasts like yourself, possibly even Tony uh, from the confessionals. So head over to bigfootandbrews.com. You can purchase your tickets there. If you want to be a vendor there, there's also a tab available for that. And if you want to help sponsor it and make it a bigger and better event, there's a, there's an option for that as well. So just uh, give us a, give us a chance and I'm sure you're going to be happy with what you hear. We got something for everybody. Yeah, and we'll have all the links to everything uh, um, for Bigfoot and Brews and your podcast in the, the show notes of this episode. We try to like try to link it all up to make it a little easier for people because sometimes uh, it gets people a little bit difficult. And you know that you can always like and subscribe uh, to the Kill the Mockingbird podcast on all platforms as well as all two uh, podcasting 2.0 platforms. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, leave a little comment, help us push that algorithm, you know, put, get us out there. You know what I mean? Like get more people listening. And the most thing you can do is share the show, share it with your friends. You know, that coworker that has a lot of questions or the guy that, you know, kind of gets on that same level, share the show with five star rating. Because if you give them a four star, that's the same as giving them a one star. Because of the way they do, because of the way they yeah. <laughs> they do their uh, their their analytics and their uh, it, it's just give them a five star review, man. These guys are great. And I wanted to say I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to say at the beginning of the show, and and then we just got into things and I forgot to, but I want to say how happy I am for you guys that you teamed up. It seems like things are going a great direction for you. I know you had some issues, Sean, uh, with with getting nuked and. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys are doing a great job. You got great guests on and your shows so far have been phenomenal. So, uh, thanks so much for having me on, man. Oh, definitely appreciate that, man. Cause uh, that we just trying to hit the road running and we were glad how everything works out. That's like what we were talking about earlier, man. You surround yourself with good people, good things will happen. And, and, and speaking of nuke pages, you can go to my new, uh, Instagram, uh, operation, kill the mockingbirds or go to kill the mockingbirds on telegram. You can find everything. Joel, um, no more TikTok. We can, we'll talk about that on another episode, but you can, Van Tesla music on Instagram, uh, on YouTube. You can find everything. Joel Thomas, Quan Duke, Sean, Chris on every streaming platform and we got some things uh coming with uh their way right joel oh it's cooking we got uh sean and i have a new single dropping into this month it's gonna be the first single off of the skinwalker soundtrack for the skinwalker documentary um it's called 30 hours to utah it's gonna be fire it's gonna be way different than anything we've done before um, real quick though, Eric, uh, you were talking about getting lanyards done for people that have been on your show. So I'm going to request a lanyard 
with Jen Psaki on it because that's my baby and I've been calling her out for a while now and I'm getting close guys I got real close today I got to one of her PR people so I think there's a shot there for sure because we are ginger lost souls soulless gingers and I'm telling you we're meant to be together and if you put that on there she'll know that I have every bit of great intentions to be with her and I'll show everybody that she was just pushed around by the system. She didn't believe anything she was saying. And you know how we <laughs> do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Brah, brah. Awakened from the forest in the depths of the abyss, this creature is a paradigm of time lost and time itself. It fears no one. It adheres to no rule that man can create. It forges its own path, and yet its path remains hidden from the world. The sphere of its existence is beyond most comprehension as it exudes its power quietly, but transcendent. It needs no one's approval to exist, but yet its very existence is sought after by many. It watches. It learns adapt to the ever-changing environment around it, even as the environment is wrought with corruption. It battles the corruption only when pressed or for the protection of others like it. It is a mirage that few will ever understand. It's a cornucopia of knowledge from an era long past. It's free. It's Bigfoot. My fantasies always consisted of making it big. My soul was nothing more than a bargaining chip. Marketing is what they tell you to do and what you're willing to give. Larping to the fullest extent. I don't wait, I shoot first like Han on a Rodian. These people don't understand me like reading a Nokian. Stretched thin, like pulling an accordion. My heart ain't primordium. All these historians telling us lies. Setting aside everything is medicalized. Politicians selling the ride. I better my die where the relevance lies. They're dressing alike. Reptilians. My resilience is brilliant. I'm here to lead the rebellion on Hellion. Salient, alien with no melanin. I'm a Yeti hiding from Armageddon. Come and find me. I ain't even hiding. We ain't the same. Take me away.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.